Welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. I'm your host, John Bernadovich. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing with a friend. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope to find out what it takes to do HR like a boss. On today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Rochelle Hilaire. I was actually introduced to Rochelle by a friend of the podcast and a big, huge HR Like a Boss. Welcome to you, Rochelle. Welcome to the HR Like a Boss podcast. Thanks, Sean. I'm glad to be here. Pretty exciting. <laughs> yes, of course. Exciting for me as well. So I know I've had a chance to get to know you in scheduling today's podcast interview, but for those who do not know you, Please share a little bit about your background, what you're up to these days, where you're from, and fill in any other blanks you think would be uh, interesting to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you, John. My name is Rochelle Hilaire. Um, definitely born in Philadelphia with an ethnic background of uh, Trinidad and Tobago, as well as Haiti. Um, that's where my parents were from. So definitely a Caribbean aspect of my life. Um, definitely for me. It's been 16 years in the HR industry, loving it, passionate about it. Definitely in a new role now where I'm a senior HR leader supporting a company, a manufacturing company um, with a public total headcount of uh, 137 people with an awesome boss that has done an amazing job there. And I take full passion with HR when it comes to employee relations, just being that true leader to the team and a consultant to the executive suite. Really cool. Now, are you like one of those rabid Philadelphia sports fans that we hear all this reputation that uh, booed Santa Claus and all that stuff? Is that you or not so much? That's not me. Sorry, not part of that group. (laughs) No, I'm actually glad. You don't need to be sorry. I'm thankful to some extent that you're not. And uh, so, so how often do you get back to the Caribbean? Do you, do you do that often at all or? I said, I love and breathe the beach as much as possible. I love to travel with my fiance and family. So as much as you can give back to the Caribbean islands, I don't care what island it is. It just has to be a beach and a cocktail in my hand. <laughs> Man, you got a lot of people thinking about where am I, when am I going to get down to the, the Caribbean as quickly as I can? Beach and a cocktail in my hand and relaxation with family and friends. Could it get any better? I'm not quite sure it could. No, yeah. <laughs> no. Fantastic. Well, work hard, play hard. Sounds like from what you shared about your your current em- employment opportunity and, and your boss, I, I heard the word awesome, uh, kudos to that relationship. Gosh, does that not make it just easier to work when you, you get along with and like your boss? And the counterpoint of that is, oh gosh, I don't like my boss and what'll happen more times than not, you'll quit because that just, that just sucks. There's no other way for me to say it. That is true. All right, let's talk about not sucking and doing things amazingly awesome, which is what the HR Like a Boss concept is all about. And I start off with all of my guests with the, with the same question, because it's really intentional for me. Life is all about purpose. Business is all about purpose. Do we understand what our true north is, our why? Tell me what you would describe as the purpose of human resources. For me, in a nutshell, um, it definitely starts off with making sure that your employer productivity with your company is strong. Being that liaison between employees and the operations, right? So emulating a process where you support the company to make sure that the organizational structure, um, the culture is important, and just making sure that the company takes care of their people, right? Without people, the company would not be successful. 
Um, it's very hard to truly say, like, is there like a true definition of purpose, but you make HR purposeful with the organization that you work with, right? Um, a lot of people are like, well, yeah, HR is just there as a support group. No, we're we're up there, you know, with the C-suite. We are there at, to the table. We're making sure that we're the consultants to the team and overall protecting you know, the company's assets. So at the end of the day, we have a very strong hand when it comes to HR. And it's important that, you know, we are purposeful and we make strong decisions with the company. Yeah, I, I love that. That steward almost of the relationship between your employees and the employer and navigating through all things that make sense from a productivity standpoint, a cultural perspective. It's just such a, such a unique opportunity. I, I did a presentation recently and I, I call it the greatest opportunity of all time, the new goat, right? A lot of goat terms get spread around with sports, too many sports analogies on this podcast already. So let's stop that. We'll talk <laughs> HR, but the greatest opportunity of all time in business, in my opinion, that's why I'm so passionate about HR is that you have this chance to sit in between the employer and your employees and navigate through how do we do that right? And that 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 is not easy. That's why it's an opportunity and it's not always done most effectively. And I think one of the key points, but my guess is based upon your great relationship with your boss, is that you're not afraid of embracing things um, and being held accountable. And I wonder how, from an HR standpoint, you can su- support managers and their employees to run toward accountability and look toward being passionate about getting better at what they do. Yeah. So that's very important. So for me, like when it comes to accountability, it's just being resilient, right? So as, as leaders versus the employees, it starts from the beginning. When you first onboard a new person, you know, you make that commitment as a leader to that new hire to make sure that their entire career is successful from day one. You know, sometimes when I'm interviewing applicants, I said, hey, yeah, you did come, you did apply to this position. Um, you're interviewing us as a company as well. Is this the right fit and culture for you? At the end of the day, um, when it comes to managers holding that commitment to that employee, it's very hard. Some people don't like accountability. Some people try to veer away from it. A lot of people say, hey, go to HR to, you know, consult with me and help me through the situation. Employees, you have to guide them to understand, like, hey, sometimes you're at fault and you have to own up to your decisions. That conflict resolution, that's what we're here for. You know, making that balance between the manager and the employee to ensure that both parties understand the balance of accountability. There's sometimes I make mistakes, you got to own up to it, but you work through it to make sure it's an experience and a teachable moment than rather saying, no, nope, I'm not doing it, I'm hands off, I want no parts of it. And it's hard, you know, um, but it makes you stronger as a leader as well as an employee. That's what makes your performance grow for you to be successful in your careers. So it's a two-way street. Life is all about a bunch of choices that we have to make and the choice by which we run toward accountability is an example. I I really think the easiest way to hold someone accountable is to get clearly aligned with them on what their responsibilities are and and level set. This is what we expect from you as a, as a manager. That's the employee talking. This is what we expect of you as an employee and be committed to that. Make sure that we we're, we're aligned and we're willing to be held accountable and, as you said, you got to take responsibility for those things. And if, if, we, if we don't do those things, my guess is those tough conversations are, are, are because of a prelude of things that didn't happen before that more often than not. And people get caught off guard by, wait a second, why are we talking about this? I don't want to talk about this. Well, that's part of your job, what I believe to be your job. And I think it's important 
And it's critical, at least from our perspective, to get true alignment around that because that makes those conversations from an accountability standpoint, driven by the employee almost, not necessarily driven by the manager. Yes, absolutely. Now, one of the key points, and I know this is, I'll tell you a quick story because I I know you and I have gotten to know each other just over the recent uh, few weeks in prepping for today, but the, the idea of HR Like a Boss came out of doing a presentation back three, four years ago. And the very first slide that I came up with that I was like, oh, no, am I going to actually do this? I put I Googled, I hate HR. And I got all these hits and all these images that came up. And there was this one great visual that I put in front of, you know, it was 100 people in that room when I did that presentation. I thought for sure either they're going to walk out or they're going to boo me off stage. And it was the exact opposite. It was I had a few people crying because of how open and candid and tough some aspects of the job were for them. And this idea of breaking down that stigma of of the general population saying, I hate HR. What what is your take on that, Rochelle? How do you think the human resource profession and those that are listening can break break down those barriers and really create that connection with their employees where they don't don't feel afraid when HR walks in the room? I mean, it is just that, right? To this day in 2022, we're still going through that type of perception. Um, it's funny how there's been situations where you sit down with your boss and or a VP and says, hey, you know, we have to have a conversation with a group of people um, based off of performance, whether you know we're laying off or we're stepping them down or things like that. And you just walk in with a situation where people are looking at you like every single time you come in, it's a life-changing event. You know, at the end of the day, HR has, we, we juggle so many different hats. So you just have to hold firm at the end of the day to, to break that barrier. Um, be credible. Um, situations that companies are faced with, especially coming off the end of this pandemic, there's a lot of statements that sometimes leaders just don't want to deal with. And they say, oh, just, just go to HR, they'll handle it for you. Or there's times where that leader will come to HR for consulting and you walk them through the process or you walk them through the situation and say, hey, okay, as leader, you own this. Now you need to go back to that employee and, and go through the situation. And most of the times you would hear feedback from the employee saying, hey, you know, I was sitting down with my boss today and, you know, I'm probably going to get a performance improvement plan. And they said that HR said I had to do it. You know, owners, it's very hard for them to own uh, different decisions when it comes to it. So, you know, when you hear that feedback, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy for that feedback, but, you know, you're going through a transition in, in your career where we're here to help you. Um, a lot of leaders just don't like that conflict, so they always throw it back on the HR side, right? So, And there's times where HR is viewed as the policy pushers. A lot of people don't like following policies. They may adapt to it. They may not like it, but we're there to make sure it's consistent and it's aligned throughout the entire company. So to break down those barriers, just be transparent. Um, I cannot stand when we're in a meeting and it's fluff or we're beating around the bush. It's just like, say what you need to say and get it off with that band-aid because at the end of the day, it's the only way that it's going to work. Um, so for me, anytime I like, when it comes to a new company or a new position and I walk in and everyone's like running away or shutting off, like, oh God, here comes HR. I just ask why, like, why do you feel that way? And it kind of like eases their their mind. It's like, oh, this person is really supportive. They really want to know why I feel this way or why is there a chip on my shoulder? So you just got to be honest (laughs) and break down that barrier. I I cannot tell you how much I appreciate what you just shared around that transparency part of that conversation because you waste so much time when you're not 
and we, we don't have a lot of time to waste really. Life is short. We, we want to you know, be productive at our work so we can go on a vacation in the Caribbean and have, have a Mai Tai and sit on the beach, make the most of that time while we're working. And I just have come to find that when you're, when you're, when you're fair and you're honest and, and you, you, you're, you're careful with your directness, meaning you just can't say everything you want to say off the top of your head. Sometimes you just your immediate first thought is is maybe not appropriate or not fair or not kind, and I think in an ability to be transparent and get to the root cause of what's going on and addressing the issue, like let's get at this, let's attack the issue, not the person, and be transparent about it. It's amazing how more efficient you can get and how how much better you know, business can be done in that sense. Absolutely, that's so true. <laughs> Well, let me take a moment to be clear about the, the support we have of our sponsor. So thanks uh, to our sponsor who is near and dear to, to my heart. Willery has supported the formation and continues to provide resources needed to put on this podcast. Willery's purpose is to empower people and is focused on supporting mid-sized companies with their search and staffing services, along with a unique client-side HR technology consulting practice. If you are struggling to find talent in your HR and payroll department, or you're not getting the return on your investment from your HR tech, please visit willery.com to learn more. Rochelle, I appreciate, I appreciate your thoughts so far. It's been great. I want to get into another topic that I think is also, I'll use the word paramount because I think it's that important. I, I cannot tell you how many times I've spoken to HR professionals and they'll say, you know what, John, I, I'm looking for this type of role in human resources I love to do A, B, and C, but I don't want to recruit. Please make sure that I don't have anything to do with recruiting. And I heard that the first time and then the 10th time and then the 100th time. And I was like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like recruiting is the number, to me, the number one part, a branded part of HR inside of an organization, other than maybe firing someone and assuming that, that we're not going to try to do that as much as we, as we want. And, and so the idea of having the right person in the right position at the right time is a component of a philosophy and a strategy within human resources. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on the simplest way for human resources to help an organization achieve right people, right position, right time. Yeah, for sure. So it's funny you say this now and you're asking this question because I'm truly going through it now. Um, just trying to gain that work relationships with my leadership team and understanding, you know, I got a quote just last week. I just need a warm body. And I'm like, okay. So that may be taken as, you know, I just need somebody to show up. I just need them to come in. Whoever's in here, they'll just do what they need to do. Right now, you know, it's in a, we're in an awkward position when it comes to recruiting the right person for the right job at this right time. You know, um, companies are starting to rebuild back their workforce, and it's, it's a very hard workforce right now. And at the end of the day, it's that constant being consistent, you know, working with leadership saying, hey, that's not the way we're going to go. You're going to take the time to know what you want. You know, what are you looking for? What person are you looking for? Give me some characteristics. Give me, you know, what background you're looking for. You may want to switch up, you know, what you've been hiring before in the past. You may need fresh eyes, fresh new. This is a generation that's coming out now that they know what they want and they want it now and they will continue going for it and going after it regardless of who's in their way. So we have to adapt to where we are on this day and age and just understand that finding that right person and taking the time to find that right person is important. I get, co I get 
complaints all the time. I'm too busy. You just do it. No, recruiting is a team effort. It's not just HR. It always falls to HR's bucket. Yeah, it's a, it's a function of HR, but it's not holistically us. It's a team effort with operations as well as, you know, executive leadership. You want to make sure that you build a team that's going to be strong and, and build that bank strength to make sure that your company grows in a, in a progressive, successful manner. So at the end of the day, when it's finding the right person for the right job at the right time, it's a holistic team effort um, and developing and taking that time is, is true. So. Yeah, a couple of things stand out to me. I've been fortunate to meet some really awesome people as a result of writing my book and, and starting this podcast. And I had two conversations that stand out to me that complement what you just shared. Number one, uh, my friend Pat Perry shared with me that every HR executive has to understand their executive leadership team's commitment to hiring top talent. Is it 100% of the time? Is it 90% of the time? Is it 50% of the time? The example you gave me that I need someone to do this job, I just need someone to do this job, maybe tends to tell me that there isn't 100% commitment to having top talent. And we all know what happens when we get really high performers to join our team. You can achieve a tremendous amount of, of things. At the same time, I also think back of it's so important in this day and age to find people that are willing and able to do the jobs that need to be done. Not necessarily are they qualified to have done those jobs before. Just because someone has X number of years of experience doing some job doesn't mean they do it well and doesn't mean they can do it well inside of your organization. And our ability in HR to flex around, do I think this person is capable of doing this job, even though maybe they only have one year of experience, they really seem to be running toward it where maybe somebody with 20 years of experience is going to run away from it. My example of HR recruiting as a core competency of their job, right? Like, oh, we just assume because you've been doing this for 20 years, you can recruit. And my last point that I think hits on what you just shared is that recruiting should have always been and an, an entire company-wide initiative. It shouldn't just been HR's responsibility. It shouldn't just been the, the hiring manager's responsibility. It should have been everyone's responsibility. And now we're forced, like I'm seeing advertisements on TV for companies advertising jobs that I never, ever saw that before. And I think they haven't built that referral network, that community of trying to attract talent into it. Because we all know uh, people that end up referring people into the company that work here, that, that is a number one tell that says they like working here because they refer to friend to want to work inside of your company. So those things really stand out to me and I think helps get that kind of right people, right position, right time mindset straight. That makes sense? Absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, the podcast is called HR Like a Boss, the upcoming book sometime later this year, beginning of next year, waiting on the publisher to get back to me. And when we want to do all this stuff done right and fun is called HR Like a Boss. And at the, at the end of the day, I want to get every guest out of my show on this last question is, how would you describe someone that does HR Like a Boss? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, that's actually a fun, fun question. So definitely you got to build your credibility, right? Um, be who you are as a person. Be very true to who you are as a person. That's very important. Um, display the behaviors that you want to model and engage into your team. It's very hard. You know, you sit there and, and you're walking through a room and, and you're seeing different things happening and you, you don't see it. You don't say it. You don't attack it. Now, I'm not saying attacking it in a bad way, but don't walk by the situation and, and not address it. Um, have fun. 
sometimes we get really busy and really tunnel vision in our day-to-day responsibilities and you forget to have fun. It's so simple, but people forget it. And lastly, just for the most part, um, make sure that you take care of your people. Make sure that when you are developing your team, being that great leader, when you leave that legacy, that what you what you left behind is still operating in a great manner, that people are still talking about you in a room. Um, and just, you know, being confident in yourself. Like HR like a boss, that's a really good term because a lot of people can and cannot do it. A lot of people take it to be like, oh, that's person may be like egocistic or full of themselves, but own it. Own the room. When you walk into that room, be that boss. So nailed it. Absolutely <laughs> nailed it. That was fantastic. So I'm curious how many people out there are listening right now that are in HR that can answer the question, this question with a yes. Are you having fun doing HR? Right. I think that's a really cool thing, Rochelle, that you shared. And a couple other things that stood out to me on today's show as I go through my quick recap, like I always do, it's kind of a staple of the podcast. This idea of leading by example and owning what you do. Doing HR like a boss is about doing it amazingly awesome. Doesn't mean it, it it's done in an arrogant way or that you have to act as a boss. You can be like a boss, which is confident and amazing and awesome. You also mentioned this idea of being genuine and taking care of your people. There's genuineness and your ability to take care and, and be that, that shepherd, that steward over your employee population. Transparency and credibility were two words you used in describing some of the answers to your questions today. And I think those are, those are just awesome components of how someone does stand out HR. Making a commitment, making a commitment to doing your job incredibly well. And, and being resilient as you need to. And, and, and the last point to me was really the very first question we talked about purpose is, is being purposeful with our people, being very intentional about what it is we're trying to get accomplished, how we're going to get accomplished, who we're going to get accomplished with, and in, in, in what manner. So we're going to go about doing that. Cannot thank you enough for being on the podcast. What an excellent interview this was. I hope that all of our guests uh, are, are like you coming forward because you set the bar. That was, a, that was an awesome job. Thank you. Thank you, John. This was a great opportunity. So much fun. <laughs> Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating or review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.